He is lead pastor of Cuyahoga Valley Church in, Bro- in Broadview Heights. He suffered in life growing up in California, Southern yeah, California. Right. Mm-hmm. How did he do it in I all that bad know. weather? Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Chad Allen. Yeah. Hey, good morning, guys. So good to be with you. And quick correction, it was actually Central Valley, California. Oh, that sounds much harder. A whole different world, man. <laughs> that sounds real. much harder. I mean, California's California, but are you know, okay? It's the land of fruit nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. The ones that make you feel uncomfortable, that's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia. So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle. I'm Brian. And if you don't want to miss anything, just hit that subscribe button. This is the Brian and Janelle podcast. So Ron pointed out to us earlier that you're not just a church in Broadview Heights anymore. Mm -mm. You open up a campus, right? Yeah, we are now a church of two campuses. We have a campus in Brunswick. So anyone in the Brunswick, Strongsville, Hinkley, Madonna area, we have a campus right there for you. Super exciting. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. And it's a total God thing. I mean, I don't want to totally bore you with the story, but it was was pretty cool. We knew that God was calling us to plant another campus, you know, launch another campus. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just put a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer, and we... Felt like uh, we already had some leadership in Brunswick. We had life groups. We had some elders in that zone. Oh. So we thought, oh, okay, that's that's where we need to be instead of just parachuting to you know someplace. And then uh, and then we felt like maybe it was Strongsville. We felt like maybe God's wanting us in Strongsville. Our campus pastor Josh was like you know feeling Strongsville. And then um, we would have we were actually in discussions with the Strongsville Middle School about you know meeting there. Yeah. And then the pandemic hit. So Aww. praise God, that would have been like a very quick campus, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and and basically the 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 very short version of a long story is there was a couple in our church walking with this other couple in the neighborhood. And that couple had a church in Brunswick that they were part of. The pastor retired, and there was just 20, 30 people that were like, we had a 60-year run, and we feel like we're ready for what's next. And they heard we were looking for a campus, and they literally handed out the keys and said, wow. if you wow. want it, you can have it. That's how God works right and, there. Uh, and and mm-hmm. some of those people are still you know part of the team, and it's just been a beautiful, beautiful transition. So, yeah, we are now uh, here in Broadview Heights and also in Brunswick. I, I love hearing about churches that possess that collective community humility where they can go, you know what, we had a good run here, mm. but we can't keep going alone. That's okay. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes a significant measure of humility to do that, I think, as yeah. a church body, don't you? I do, and, and I think um, it's a kingdom mindset. It's, it's it like, really is. It's yeah. not like, hey, this is my thing or our thing. It's This is our thing. Yeah. And, and it's been cool to see like some of those families that have been there for decades now walking through the building that's been, you know, there's been some refurbished, there's new kids' classrooms, there's new space that's been updated. And uh, just watch the joyful tears flow from them as they see renewal and restoration and, and new life, you know, teeming there in Brunswick. And so awesome. We, we've already had a handful of baptisms and we know that God's, you know, our desire to launch that campus is to reach new people and to launch more leaders. And so God is meeting us in that place. And so oh, we're rejoicing awesome. and praising the Lord for that. WCRF, Brian and Janelle with us, Pastor Chad Allen, lead pastor, Cuyahoga Valley Church in Broadview Heights and Brunswick. Yes. So don't miss out on that uh, recent change for them. 
Now, you want to talk about family drama today, unless people think I'm that mean. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a less measure of mean. You give me permission to ask you about this family drama. Absolutely. And I won't hold you at fault for poking at Janelle's family <laughs> drama to try to deflect oh. and hide your own. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, because everyone knows mine is worse. Oh, no, no. We <laughs> so, all got issues. Uh, and that's just me trying to look better after saying that. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So you have an example in your life of the impact of family drama. Your, your story growing up is pretty, it's, it's, it's the story of a broken marriage. Yeah, absolutely. My mom um, got pregnant with me in high school and then uh, she decided to make a run uh, at it with my birth father. And uh, they got married, but that marriage was short-lived and um, there was abuse, there was substance issues, there was just a lot of issues. And so she just took me and moved. She moved from Central Valley, California to Santa Cruz, California, and that's where I was raised early on. And, and um, she single-mommed it for a while with me and then uh, got remarried. And uh, I had very few interactions with my birth father over the years, just a handful. And I think I, to, I, think I spent one night with him in the totality of my upbringing. So, so you had basically no memory of, no. of him. You didn't really know him at very all. Very little. Yeah, very little. Kind of this, you know, and what is typical for people who come out of adoption or broken home scenarios with limited access to birth parents is there's this romanticized caricature of your birth parents, you know, uh, yeah. and then you kind of long for that. But anyways, um, so, so fast forward many years later, uh, I was a young adult and I just sat down with my mom. And I said, hey, mom, like, l- tell me about my birth father. Don't give me the PG version. Like, really unpack. Is that a common question, you think, for someone who's been through broken homes or adoption where you have this point where you go, I want to know this person? I think the need and the desire is there. But what they do with it, Uh, that's really going to be determined by do they feel like they can ask that question? Is it it a safe question? Yeah. You know, is this going to... Because some parents in their unhealth will uh, fiercely shield... They're even their adult children from some of the baggage and, and really um, knowledge and insight to your story gives you the information you need to cope. You know, in, yeah. in the adoption culture, when they talk about the difference between an open adoption and a closed adoption, for example, uh, closed adoption, records are sealed, you know nothing. Yeah. Uh, open adoption, you know, you have even interaction with the birth parents, you know your story, it's very open, there's contact a lot of times. So they, they kind of associate like this, like think about your children, Pick, pick one of your children. Which one? Mm-hmm. Uh, Elijah. Elijah. I have to. <laughs> the way so you said him. it. Uh, it's like... She's on the spot. Elijah? Yeah. Okay, and? Sophia. Sophia. So, which would be easier for you to cope with? If Elijah and Sophia disappeared or if they died? Oh. Two yeah. terrible scenarios. You'd want neither one of them to be true, but... But two very different experiences in some respects. Right. But the death gives you all the information you need to cope. Yes. Where the disappearance torments you indefinitely because you don't have answers to questions. Wow. So for the parents listening that maybe this fits your narrative, uh, age-appropriate answers to your children gives them the information they need to cope. So don't don't let their birth parents disappear. Yeah. Don't let that information disappear, but as they age, you know, find what's appropriate to share so they can cope with their story and know their story instead of always wondering.
So then you needed to cope. You you, you found yourself in a position I, I where you needed gaps, to cope. man. I'm missing pieces to the puzzle. I'm like, okay, I'm not I'm not five anymore, you know, and I'm not 15 anymore. I like I just lay it out, put all the cards on the table, and so she laid out uh, this this caricature caricature and understanding of my birth father. And there's you know there was extreme selfishness. There was entitlement issues. There was. Uh, the stealing issues. There was all these issues that she described. And what she didn't know is that she was describing my birth father. She was absolutely describing me. Was that your first reaction when she was describing it was, oh no, that sounds just like As me. she was describing it, it was like looking in the mirror. Oh, it was wow. like, as she was telling my sto- that story, it dawned on me, like these were issues I was wrestling with. These were issues I had been trying to surrender to Christ to change and transform in my life. And, and here's the crazy thing. He didn't raise me. I wasn't under his influence. And yet I was truly his son. There were patterns of behavior that existed in my family that I wasn't even fully aware of by someone that didn't even raise me. So what's behind your ability to see it that way? Because someone else might hear that story and go, wow, what a monster. Good thing I'm not like that. In regard to the birth, fa- birth yeah. father? Yeah. I, I think the, the bottom line is we're all broken. We're all broken. And and so I think as you start, you know, what do we do with our family drama? I think what happens is people become extremely short-sighted in whatever issues are going on in their family. This is happening because you did something yeah. or you didn't do something. Or um, or as, as, you know, humanistic psychology, well, it's your mom and your dad. Yeah. If they didn't do that, then you wouldn't be the way you are. And, and I, my view is there is great influence and great shaping that happens with our parents and our grandparents. Uh, there's an author that basically says Jesus is in your heart but grandpa's in your bones (laughs) that's good and um, the reality is there are patterns but that's still short-sighted I think it's wise to identify those patterns identify those behaviors and in Christ break them but we've got to go all the way back to our original ancestors and go this all began with the fall in the garden Hmm. and when you look at Adam and Eve in a perfect environment with a perfect father, perfect situation, perfect identity, perfect purpose. Everything was all good. They were in harmony with one another. They were in harmony with God. But at that moment of the fall, what came rushing in? Fear, blame, shame, hiding. And if you really start to do the deep work of the issues going on in your heart, your life, your family, what, what exists there? Fear. That's why we try to control, right? Blame, well, I, I wouldn't do that if you didn't do this or my dad didn't do that. We would hide behind others, shaming of others to try to get them to do what we want or to make ourselves look better. We're still doing the same thing from creation. And that's a perfect pause point. And that's a three P's. Perfect pause point. I'm like <laughs> preaching a sermon. Whoa. Yeah. Three P's. Ooh, three P's. Okay, what, I'll get you on my calendar. We got to get over. <laughs> no, please don't. No one wants to hear that. Time to take a quick break. When we come back, Pastor Chad Allen will continue talking to us about family drama, its source, and really what we ought to do about it in our own families and where we can see it in Scripture. Hey, it's Brian. If you've been a faithful listener to this podcast, we're just super grateful for you. Can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us in our journey to follow Jesus a little more closely every day. But I got to remind you about something. We're listener supported. We're a ministry of Moody Radio in Cleveland, and it's donations from people who listen to us, just like you, 
that allow us to keep making episodes. So rather than tiptoe, because I'm not good at that, or dance around it, because I certainly can't dance, I'm going to be direct. We need your money, your financial support. Would you consider a donation to this ministry? A gift of any amount will make a huge difference. If you want to donate, we'd be so grateful. Just go to moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Again, moodyradio.org slash Cleveland. Thanks. We're with our good friend, Pastor Chad Allen, lead pastor of Cuyahoga Valley Church with campuses in Broadview Heights and Brunswick. We're talking about a series they're doing at the church about family drama. And Pastor was gracious enough uh, to bring up the idea that he didn't know his birth father hardly at all. But when he finally asked that question to learn what he was like, it was like looking in a mirror and some of your struggles that you battle in life. Your father struggled as well. Yep. Uh, And so... I mean, how do we see these generational patterns? Because it's not just a Chad Allen problem, obviously. Uh, do, do we see the same kind of thing in Scripture? Absolutely. I think, you know, one, look at look at your heart. Look at your behaviors. Look at your attitudes. Look at your issues. If we start to ask deeper questions of like, why, why did I react that way to that situation? Why did that really make me mad? Why, why did that hurt? And then, then kind of think, kind of think concentric circles. Okay, why, why am I struggling with this person? Why am I struggling with this person? Or why, why is this person that way? Um, and we start to kind of work those ripples out. Eventually, you get all the way back to the Garden of Eden and just realize that all the shame, all the blame, all the hiding, all the fear, uh, all those dysfunctions. And then, of course, you know, Adam and Eve with the first children, they just added extra layers. Mm-hmm. When you look at Cain and Abel and you look at jealousy – you look at murderous intent and you look at a lack of accountability and dodging God. And, you know, the original families uh, have all these pieces that we still see playing out in our families today. And so the point there is we, we don't identify that because we're finding someone who can blame. We're not, we're talking, oh, you know, we're going to blame Adam and Eve. Well, well, yes, in a sense, but it's not so that we can have someone that we can blame so much as that we can use that to find someone who redeems. Because the, the beauty of identifying a lot of these patterns is then being able to focus on, as you know, the scripture tells us, that for those who are in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Mm-hmm. Is the, In Christ, if we turn to Christ, trust in Christ, we can see redemption and we can see purpose in the pain as we move forward. So like for me, identifying those patterns that not only my birth father had passed on to me that I was really unaware of, originated with him, which then means probably some of those originated with his father. Yeah. Some of those originated yeah. from his father. And then on and on and on, all the way back to the garden. But then my uh, stepdad uh, came into my life when I was about three and uh, married my mom. And he raised me. So I refer to him as dad because mm-hmm. he, he raised me. He's my dad. Well, he added all his stuff into the mix. So it was really this – and for anyone who else can relate to having that kind of blended family – now, fast forward all these years later, you can look back and go, well, here's what I inherited from my birth side that's in the mix. But then here's what I inherited patternistically from my step family yeah. and realizing some of those behaviors by learning through environment and exposure and yeah. conditioning um, are, are there as well. So now you kind of have all these layers, but you can't get stuck there. I think there's value in identifying those value in recognizing those and then trying to apply the gospel and apply your faith to push back against those and 
have the opposite, but you still have to go all the way back to our original ancestors to truly understand why you have the conflict in your family you have. But see, I think the easy tendency then what for, for somebody would be in examining that because it's so healthy. I've been doing that in the last few years in my mm-hmm. family. Uh, is then you go, see, all my problems are their fault. Blame. So at what point do we take ownership of these patterns that we're, a, in, a, in a sense, a victim of? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have to take ownership of Absolutely. it, right? It's still our responsibility. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, go back to, uh, you know, there's been many people who have said this many ways. Life is, you know, 10% of what happens to you, 90% of how you yeah. react to it. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And so I think uh, there's health that is found in identifying where these patterns came from, why those patterns exist. And yes, uh, my dad, my mom you know, were this way had and these, these abuses, these addictions, these issues existed in my family and that's how it impacted me. Um, but then to go, but where do I need to take ownership? Because, uh, in, in, in my particular view and under, understanding of theology, you are not destined to repeat those. If you apply the gospel Yeah. in Christ, they can change and they can leverage. So it's going to take work. It takes work, it takes effort, it takes intentionality, and it takes surrender yes. mm-hmm. to Christ. So, for example, uh, looking back over both sides of my family, birth and non-birth, alcohol abuse yeah. and alcoholism ran rampant. But by the grace of God, uh, that has not been the case for our family because my wife and I identified that. And we said, this cannot exist in our family. Yeah. This pattern stops here by the grace of God. And so we made a conscious decision. And so we look at the home we're trying to build, and is it perfect? <laughs> no, because we're flawed. And my mess, dude. I'm messy. I've got issues I brought into my family. You yeah. know, I, I've. Uh, I wish I could go back in a time machine and change moments where I acted in anger or yeah. um, inappropriately to my wife or to my kids. Uh, I have to own that. I can't blame that on anybody. That that was my doing. Mm-hmm. But by the grace of God, uh, my kids don't have a memory of Rick and I being intoxicated or making decisions while drunk. Um, they don't have that memory in their life. And that's by the grace of God. Yeah. So so what, whatever pattern you pick, yeah. whatever abuses, addictions, or issues, if you truly surrender to Christ and live the newness that Christ offers, you can reshape your family environment. The ones you've mentioned can be a little obvious. I sympathize or I'm there with you with the alcoholism because it was on both. It is on both sides of my family. But then there's other sin patterns that you need almost decades to identify. Like in your 20s and early 30s, there's like, oh, that's my personality. Like you need distance sometimes to recognize like, whoa, my mom was doing this. I'm talking about the more acceptable sin patterns that are that create and, and damage your family today. Where do you even begin? Because like the way you described it, you had a lot of distance from your birth father mm-hmm. that kind of helped see, well, that's me. When you are around your parents and you grow up around them, it's hard to I'm separate. Sorry, yeah, so how do you even start? I'm so glad you said that, too, to, to, to jump in quick, because yeah. I, w- I was right in the same moment of saying, 
talk to the person who says, I don't know, my, my family was pretty, pretty great. We yeah. don't have any dysfunction. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. They're, they're so close to it, and maybe they were just a nice Christian family. Yeah. Well, and I would say there are some families, some, some listeners right now be going like, I, I actually can't really criticize my family much. I think there but are But they're fam- not drama-free. They're not drama-free. They're not sinful. But they may have less drama. Okay, fair and, enough. And I think that, you know, some families, like I think of some of my friends, I'm going, man, they were really faithful mm-hmm. to just spend time growing their kids in the ways of the Lord and, and investing and being loving and being open. And I think they're they're ahead a little bit. Uh, it doesn't mean that those issues weren't there. It doesn't mean that they, they won't have issues with their children because children are going to make their decisions. Right. They have their own free wills. <laughs> right. that, yeah. That's funny. You think, you know, it's a formula. Oh, if you do this, then this will be the result. Yes, right. Maybe. <laughs> but all that to go back to what I think you're saying is the intentionality meets the humility where honestly... The, the, the point where you maybe can ask your spouse or ask your kids like, hey, what are some what have been some of the most difficult parts about my parenting? What have you seen in mom? What have you seen in dad that's been hard for you? And and, and open that up so that you can get it. But here's the thing. Most people would never dare do that because we go back to the garden yeah. and we want to hide yeah. and we're afraid of shame and we blame others. And so I think having the honest conversation. So my wife and I right now, we're in a life group and and um, we're looking at some material that's helping kind of probe the deeper parts of our lives and hearts. And we both, you know, she looked at me a couple weeks ago and she said like, are you sure you want to do this book? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to a wife, you right? Know? Is it helpful to connect it to your parents? Is it necessary? Because that's uncomfortable. Some people don't want to like, why do I have to criticize or find what they did wrong or connect it to them? Can you just say, let me just evaluate where I'm at and the things I'm doing wrong? You can. Um, and again, you know, I'm not a professional counselor. There might be some professional counselors out there going, man, you are missing this issue and this issue. But from a pastoral perspective and experience and personal experience, I think to try to do that without looking back is is a short-sighted um, and limited approach because okay. the reality is – your parents have influenced you for the good okay. and for the bad. And I think it's okay. You can still honor your parents mm-hmm. by saying, you know what? Here's some things my parents did really well. Here's some things I'm really grateful for. Like I look at my parents and go, man, they, they really pass on a good work ethic to me. Like my mom yeah. and dad, hard, hard workers. I look back on my life. I'm going, I don't remember a day in my life that I wasn't provided for mm-hmm. and abundantly so. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, man, they, they provided for me. So, so a desire to provide for my family, yeah. a good work ethic. Like you can identify things you're like so grateful for, for your family. But then there's, it's okay to say like, you know what? One thing I, if I could go back and change or tweak a little bit, I wish they would have done this a little more yeah. or done this a little bit less. Yeah. I would go as far as to say it's necessary to do that because yeah. if you truly believe the gospel that we're all sinners in need of a savior, your parents are too. Mm-hmm. And if if we don't if we live in a world where we think that there's a person in our life who is perfect and didn't do anything wrong, we don't believe in the gospel in some sense. Right. In fact, you're not applying the gospel because the good news is only the good news when you understand the bad news. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. So without the backdrop of the bad news, we're sinful, we're broken, we're ruined, we're separated from God. Um, how can the good news of redemption and restoration and forgiveness even be as good as it is yeah. unless you understand the bad? I mean, even Paul said the good things he wants to do, he doesn't do, and the bad things he doesn't want to do, he does. He yeah. struggles in that way. Mm-hmm. So your mom is not better than Paul. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. It's such great stuff. I wish we had more time. Pastor Chad Allen, lead pastor, Cuyahoga Valley Church in Broadview Heights. 
Great discussion today on family drama. You can also find a new campus of theirs in Brunswick. Pastor, how can folks get connected? You know, the best way is just to go to our website, cvconline.org. You can find out more information there. And I hope today I didn't muddy the water much, That's but I good. think this is topics that we can all be prayerful. And I would just say, uh, come to Christ. Ask him to yeah. identify and show you the areas to celebrate and the areas to grow. And then uh, abide in him, walk with him, draw mm-hmm. close to him so that those things can change in your life. And it's not that scary because once you surrender to it, you're not going to feel worse. You're going to feel more grateful for what Jesus did for you. When you That's hide, the healthy view. When you hide, you have a lot to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. But when you live more open, you know, and obviously you have to use wisdom with disclosure. But when you live more open, you're less afraid. Yeah. Amen. Pastor Chad, thank you so much. I encourage folks to go check out Cuyahoga Valley Church. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So go ahead. Look down. Hit that button right there and subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us out. How? A five-star rating. Hello. You can also hang with us live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Download the Moody Radio mobile app, and you're able to connect with us. Or just go to brianandjanelle.org. And listen, we didn't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, Alan Perry, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.